Well, hello and welcome to this latest Didache conversation. My name's Sam Falls and I'm delighted to be here with Cy Watkinson. Cy, how are you? Really well, thank you. Great to be here. Fantastic. Great to have you with us. Well, as ever, we're going to talk about Jesus, church, church planting. But Cy, tell us a little bit about yourself to start with. Yeah, great. Uh, so yeah, Simon Watkinson uh, recently, very recently, uh, licensed to this pioneer ministry uh, at St. Peter's in Bury, Greater Manchester. Um, so we're here to revitalise uh, a church and see hopefully a load of people come to know Jesus uh, for the first time, part of the Diocese of Manchester and their plan to do this many, many times over. Um, before that, I was in Salford for Curacy at St. Philip's in Chapel Street. And uh, before that, with Sam, we're in London, North London, doing our training mm. and uh, time preparing for ministry. So before that, um, studied a few times, did philosophy and politics and various things in that domain. Um, and before that, was in the Northwest, which is why I'm really glad to be back here now. Married to Sarah. Uh, we've got a little cat who you might hear in the background at some point. <laughs> and we are, yeah, thrilled to be here and really excited to see all that God's got start to unfold. Fantastic, Sai. You've got a cat in the background. We've got someone trimming hedges, so people might hear <laughs> that in the background as well. But Sai, over the years, we've had loads of just brilliant and, to me, really encouraging chats about Jesus mm. uh, and about church. I'm hoping to have one of those conversations today and and on this podcast we love to reflect on what church is all about just to get this massive vision of yeah Jesus and his church and and I love to ask this question to everyone who comes on here like what is church because we want our practice our church practice to be built on good theological foundations so what has Jesus been teaching you about church Mm. Well, if I was to answer what is church, um, I would say that it is one global and 2000 year old community of those who have submitted themselves to the Lordship of Jesus um, and who are together forming a colony of heaven on earth um, committed to worshipping God, to being formed into his image and to seeing his kingdom grow. Um, I think the part of that that's been growing in me recently or the bit that I've been chewing over is that colony of heaven piece and um, we see from Philippians 3 and we know that Philippi was this colony of Rome and so the people there knew what it was to be in two places at once if they, if you like um, and I've been thinking about the church as, as being able to do that more fully that wouldn't it be amazing if by being amongst God's people, people who don't know Jesus felt his presence um, because of the way they love one another and talked about Jesus and related to each other. Um, Us who are, our citizenship is in heaven. And if we can relate to others in that way, we can worship Jesus together, grow as disciples, reach out in mission. um, And then others would see this place isn't earth, this is heaven on earth. Um, And that's the thing that I'm desperate to see here grow here um so yeah that colony of heaven peace uh, has been growing in me I think Jesus has been showing me bits about that and I think I can say truthfully I want to be able to say truthfully that the biggest thing I want to do here is to form a colony of heaven um so that whether it be big or small or flashy or 
um, any other description that people might have for church that people might walk in and say this doesn't feel like earth um, and we can then say yeah that's because the kingdom of heaven is at work and the king of heaven is here being worshipped so that's what I'd say church is um, and then the colony of heaven piece is, is the bit that's resonating with me really strongly at the moment um, yeah longing to see that come to be more and more that's awesome. I love that colony of heaven uh, on earth. Let's just unpack that a little bit because, you know, some people might say, you know, you Christians, you, you, you know, very small minded people, narrow minded. Or some people might say, oh, you guys, you, you're always you just got your head in the cloud sort of thing. But you're wanting to say, actually, in church, there's, there's something of like heaven and earth coming together. Like what, what does that look like? What's that mean? Let's flesh out a little bit more of what that looks like for you and what that means for you. Yeah, well, there's that often repeated phrase that I really don't like, so I'm not even going to give it the airtime to say it, but you'll know what I'm not saying <laughs> by what I now say. Um, I guess my belief is that people who follow Jesus should be so heavenly minded that they are a force for huge earthly good. If you don't know where you're aiming then how can you try and bring it about heaven is this you know huge thing this grand concept and this place this uh, environment that we're going to dwell in forever with Jesus um, and the more I think about that the more I think about what would it feel like to be there what's going on there the better placed I am to see that come to be on earth um, so it is big, it is grand, um, but it's as I dwell there in my head that I can then say, okay, so what would one step towards that look like in Bury today? Would it look like people being reconciled who are currently at odds? Would it look like a cup of water being offered in Jesus' name? Would it look like worship and prayer? fueling the fire of worship what what would it look like and how do we then take a little step and I guess that's the thing when you're dealing with huge big concepts you've got to be aware that you're fragile you're lowly um that you only have limited ability limited power today's only going to be a step forward but tomorrow can be another step forward after that so it's translating the huge into the the small but I would say it is the small things it's the prayers offered it's the doors knocked on to form community with neighbours it's the um acts of loving kindness that um we see jesus expressing time and time again that bit by bit and prayer by prayer and day by day um start to see heaven and earth um merge and come together in his people um and obviously in the way i've even been answering that that's a an individual dimension but the encouragement of church as this is all about is that it wouldn't just be one person doing that hopefully every day through the week it would be as many people as fill the church going to say okay what's what's my little piece of heaven what's my contribution to that on earth this week so that we leave not thinking it's just me doing it on my own um but it's me and these people that god's knitting me together with all pursuing this big vision together and so we can draw encouragement from one another. We can be spurred on. We can have that iron sharpening iron kind of experience as we hear how other people have been putting it into practice such that we can go further and carry on for longer than 
we would be able to on our own. So yeah, massive concept, but the more I fill my mind with heaven, the better I am as a citizen on earth. Um, And even though it's bit by bit and day by day, um, Jesus always seems to tell stories about small things that get big. Um, So it's it's just planting (laughs) another little mustard seed, isn't it? And trusting that some of them are going to stick, some of them are going to land on good soil and grow to something enormous and long lasting. Um, So, yeah, that's what I guess what I'd say um, in response to that. Mm. Um, But, yeah, just desperate to see this colony grow. Absolutely. The way you're talking, it sounds like you're a guy who's prayed the Lord's Prayer many, many times in your life, right? Yeah. Do you think that some of those themes that you were just talking about, Jesus kind of picks up on those in the Lord's Prayer, expresses them very simply? Definitely. Yeah, I think um, we could talk about vision and all that stuff um, for a long time. And I understand the the need for vision. I think it, it can be used in ways that I don't think are particularly helpful but if there were to be a vision uh, that I think God's given me for here it would be um that it would be in every sphere of Bury as it is in heaven um so obviously that second part particularly drawing exactly the words from the prayer that Jesus taught us and gave us to say you know heaven on earth is the prayer for today bit by bit but I think that second bit the first bit rather is really important for me as well um in that it's in every sphere mm. it's too easy i think to go with a vision that the churchy bit of bury the christian bit of bury would be a bit more like heaven on earth today but i guess the way that jesus has been challenging me and encouraging me to enlarge my vision is what would it look like for policing to be more like heaven today in bury what would it look like for manufacturing and business what would politics look like if it were infused with the kingdom of heaven what would schooling and parenting and home life and and all those things that we have regard for but don't necessarily intentionally deliberately continually pursue um i don't want only the church bit to improve i want all of Bury and all um of this great place to experience the kingdom of heaven because if jesus is lord then he's lord of all and if he's only lord of the church then he's not lord of all because all the other parts all the other industries all the other sectors streets neighborhoods groups and networks they don't yet experience jesus as lord and so our task is to say every sphere every bit every corner ultimately every life how could the kingdom of heaven yeah pervade their reality more and more today and what are we going to do in order to see all those people come to know him so yeah definitely dwell a lot in the lord's prayer mm. um, the prayer that jesus taught because that's the the central image i think that we've been using um thinking about heaven coming to earth but also thinking about how it can come everywhere mm. and not just in the areas that we're more comfortable with yeah that's that's awesome and yeah i like that because we want church to be to, 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 to be the big thing in every city in the sense that church is not just when a group of Christians kind of come together to do their thing for a little, you know, an hour on, on a Sunday. Church affects everything. Like, as you mm. say, Jesus, uh, Jesus is interested in every dimension of life. Uh, like he made everything right and uh, mm. want to bring things all things under his his lordship i remember i was going i went to um you're in berry but i went to berry and, and st edmunds i think it is mm. uh, recently and i was walking around um 
I was walking around and there was a, it was actually like a derelict abbey, I think it was. Um, I, th I think it was an abbey. But um, anyway, I was walking around and I was just kind of imagining what it, it, it would or it could have been like. Because it's this massive area where there was like, I think, space for, for farming and there was homes and there was like, you know, place to, to educate, places to worship. I was like, that's an... You know, I don't know what it was like back in the day when it was all up and running, mm. but I was like, that could that could have been amazing. Where it's like all these different dimensions of life kind of coming under church life in the, the kingdom of God, and mm. imagine like how what an, what an amazing impact that would have had on the surrounding area, like Christians who have been formed in the whole of life as apprentices to Jesus, um, in farming, in education, and worship, then spilling out into the area that would be amazing mm. i think something of what you were talking about Absolutely. there yeah and, and one thing we do at, at our church is we try and encourage one another to like wake up and as soon as we wake up pray the lord's prayer it's like first thing we're just like our father in heaven just as you've been speaking we've got to be like those heavenly minded people in a mm. way that affects our day to day it's like our father in heaven hallowed be your name your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven and then it's like, give us today our daily bread. Um, and mm. some of that justice stuff you were talking about, forgive us our sins as we yeah. forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Love it. I think that's just a helpful way to start the day. So good. Awesome. Awesome. Good man. So um, I want to talk a little bit about um, your uh, journey up to this point. You are, as I said earlier, this, this pioneer minister at St. Peter's Bury. Yeah, talk to us about the journey up to this, this point. Yeah, so when I was first in London, um, I became part of a, a church plant, um, hadn't previously been part of uh, a newer church, a kind of less established in that sense. Um, and I think from there onwards kind of caught the bug, if you like. Um, the vicar there, John March, was brilliant and had been trained by a brilliant guy who oversaw church planting in the vineyard in North America for years. And his heart and his, his passion was to see uh, this derelict, almost sold for flats church come back to life. So I think from there onwards, church planting has been more of a thing on my radar. Um, and then went through training in a kind of pioneering kind of context, um, doing normal kind of church stuff but always with an edge towards how does this go beyond us who's the the group the person that's not hearing this and how do we get there yeah. and then through curiosity the intention even in coming to that was that I would plant um something from there I came to a resource church one of the first in the northern province um and I was going to be the first curate to plant out from there. So uh, it does feel like I've been forging some new paths um, in all of those ways. And then about halfway through curacy-ish, um, we started to talk about, okay, what might that look like? Where might that be? Um, and how, how might we prepare as best we can for this new plant? Um, so working with the diocese and, and other teams um, that they were drawing in to say, where's God leading us to? Um, what has God particularly gifted me to do? And we settled in that in a long process of discernment on Bury um, and on this church here, particularly because it was recognised by clergy in the area that a lot of the churches were doing a similar kind of thing. 
um, and reaching a similar kind of person. And so the, the question was posed and the, the challenge was set, I guess, to form a church or invite a church to be started that might reach particularly younger demographics and might offer a different kind of worship um, style so that more people might be reached um, for the sake of the gospel. So that was the kind of challenge. And then St. Philip's as resource church and me as their planting curate kind of agreed to try and meet that. And so came with a little group um, from St. Philip's and some other churches across the Northwest um, to come and add some new things onto some great foundations, um, keeping going a lot of what's already happening here, but adding some new uh, things on top, hopefully to see a load of particularly younger people who don't currently know Jesus um, come into a whole life forever relationship with him. Awesome. So good. So let's go back a little bit. So you mm-hmm. said like halfway through your time at St. Philip's, you began exploring the, the where and then that the how do we prepare for for going off to plan? Talk to us a little bit about that, like that preparation. Yeah, um, we were really conscious that we're part of a bigger system and so wanted to work as well as we possibly could with um diocese and and everything that that means deaneries and other clergy um so it's really adamant to go about it in as um kind of honorable a way as possible um reality was that because st philip's was the first resource church in manchester diocese um, and beyond in the north um and i was the first one planting kind of from that that I wasn't the first at all um, to have done this kind of parish revitalizing work here, but was certainly in the first wave. So it wasn't that there was a long established precedent of here's how it tends to happen and here's what worked before. Everything felt quite new, um, which obviously dragged things out a little bit, but the hope and the prayer throughout was, well, if we carve a good path, then maybe this can become the model for the many that we're praying will come after us and do this all over the, mm. the region. So yeah. um, working particularly with the bishop, he had a list of churches that he thought um, it could work within areas that um, maybe could benefit from something a little bit new and a little bit different. And COVID um hit and so a lot of the discernment was done through car windows and closed yeah. church doors and <laughs> um, just going and trying to get a feel of the place um as best we could given that most churches were closed and communities were pretty quiet at that point but even through that god was faithful and just being in a place even if it was just driving in and saying god is this it is this the kind of place that you've been preparing us to to minister in um through through his presence and you know the hunch we got through other people kind of confirming things and um the spirit obviously being at work with them um it became apparent that you know Berry was that place um and yeah we're really glad in a sense how it all came about sure it would have been easier if it hadn't been in covid probably would have been a lot quicker because you know everyone would have had slightly less on their plate um but i feel like there is some good 
tracks that have been laid um hopefully for others to follow who are doing a similar thing but hopefully even us in time trying to do this again from Berry on into somewhere um near here so that's a little bit of how it all came about um yeah very covid affected unfortunately um but god was still at work building his church um as he always will be and we were yeah the grateful recipients <laughs> absolutely did you um did you start to pull together a team halfway through your time at St Philip's and and if so talk to us a little bit about about that the challenges and perhaps how you prepared people to come with you to plant yeah Not knowing we, where they were going I assume for a while well yeah um that was how it began um the intention was always that I would plant and that had been made quite clear so that wasn't new to anyone um but we decided that it was a good idea like you said to sort of start forming the group even whilst the process was still rumbling on um so you know mainly zoom and everything that we've all become so familiar with um we got people together and just said if you feel a call or if you might feel a call or if you want to just find out if you have a call um towards being involved in a church plant um some people knew what that might entail from having done it or seen it before others that was a completely new concept and so there were loads of great discipleship conversations along the way to even explain why that would be a thing that we would ask um so we had a group that were kind of discerning it praying it and um Sarah my wife and I were sharing a bit of us a bit of you know we think this is part of what God will be calling us towards because we're going to be involved in it and here's our heart and passion and drive um sharing with them along the way as things were getting a little bit clearer with where it might be um but trying also to be honoring particularly to the the existing St Peter's as it came to be because um you know until it was really confirmed it wouldn't really be fair to go public or mm. too wide with that information um particularly because of existing clergy that were serving there and things like that so we had to be kind of cautious about talking too too soon even when it looked pretty likely for a long time we sort of held back but yeah got people together started talking about mission and church and our hearts um and said would you consider it um and if you would would you consider in time moving or relocating life however that works best to come and be part of it physically as well as spiritually mm. um some people came and went others um kind of stuck it out for a long time and all the while we we tried to stand back um if i'm honest and the thing I was really nervous about doing was persuading anyone into it. That didn't feel right spiritually um, because I want God to be the one that calls and God to be the one that convinces people in and out of things. Um, sure, I'll help people along the way. I'll, you know, make the way ahead clearer. I'll share what I can. But I was sort of wary about someone responding to me without that being responding to God more importantly. So tried to kind of give the information and then leave the ball in other people's courts as it were, and pray for them obviously from afar that God would make it clearer. And I think that's proved right in this instance um, because we know that everyone that's come isn't particularly here for us. 
they're not kind of following us they're not in some senses here because it's convenient you know it didn't tick other boxes and it, okay well, I'll just end up there we think part you know the way it came about means that people are here because God nudged them or changed their hearts or orchestrated it behind the scenes however it was that he chose to make his will known and as a church leader now that feels really comforting um that there are people who are in this um who aren't going to leave if I let them down or start preaching some dud sermons you know they're here because God wanted them here mm. and that feels way more secure than if they were here because I gave them a good spiel about what it might be like and painted this rosy picture uh, which I probably couldn't live up to so that was the kind of approach we took um also drew some people in from elsewhere um people got wind of what we were doing in time so it wasn't purely from St Philip's by the end um we were drawing from a you know slightly kind of mixed pool and that's been great in terms of uh having some different church experiences represented and drawing a group from a slightly wider remit and part of the task now is really to help us get to know one another and form community um when it's been zoom and um, geographically dispersed but that's a bit of how the team kind of came together that have joined um, this revitalizing work. Nice so there's different parties at play not just St Philip's and uh, St Saint Peter's but some other churches as well could mm. you say a quick word just to churches um, who uh, we might want to encourage to think about kind of giving of themselves you know members to revitalizations or mm. church plants uh, that are going on in the their areas of the diocese i think the the thing i'd want to say would be approach it in faith god doesn't call some people to the detriment of others if god's got a plan for some people who are currently in your church to go and do something new or be part of something new uh, he's not forgotten about you he's not going to leave you bereft of support and people and the you know the living stones to keep your church standing um, I know that'll feel really hard I know that giving people who are serving and leading and praying and faithful godly people that's never going to be easy um, but isn't that the joy of it, that they were that for you and they will go and be that somewhere new. Um, so, yeah, go approach it with faith, um, approach it with humility. Um, you're, we're all just a part of what God's doing and he's knitting this tapestry together that's bigger than us and we're a little thread in it and sometimes God wants to, to rejig it and move some people around in order to create something beautiful out of us all. Mm -hmm. So... Yeah, recognise the the wrestle, but go with faith. God's not forgotten you. Um, he's got more than enough for you in the midst of it. Um, and on a really practical level, I think, two of the people that have joined us um, left a church that they've been at for almost 30 years, uh, really uh, involved and invested. And they started writing a list of all the things that they did and the things that they were part of. And it went on to multiple sides of A4. Mm. And um, there was some nervousness, I think, about sort of presenting that. And, and what they've said, even in the few weeks um, that it's been since that was announced and the changes kind of rolled out, that 
gaps were created that other people did then start to fill. Sure, some of that stuff might not happen now because they were integral to it. But there were other areas where people who were sat in the pews around them, as it were, saw, okay, well, I really want that to happen. And those two people have moved on now. So what are we going to do? And it it created this opportunity for momentum to be built where some that are on the fringe, if you want to put it like that, made their way into the centre and some who were in the centre made their way into leadership. And this kind of movement was kept going in that church even. And my prayer for them is that 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 would grow and continue, that they might flourish for having these two people removed, um, much as I hope St Peter's flourishes for having them inserted here. So God will provide. He is still faithful. He's not forgotten about you. Um, and the more that we can cheer one another on, celebrate what's going on beyond our towns, boroughs, cities, um, the better, I think. Um, so, yeah, go at it with faith, humility and, and trust that God's got you in it. That's really helpful, Sai. Thanks for that. Yeah, we both want to see loads of Jesus-loving, spirit-filled churches planted in this diocese in Manchester and around the country. And, uh, yeah, that's going to require established churches giving of themselves. It's going gonna, it's gonna to require us to be reaching the lost for Jesus and seeing loads of new people coming into the church. What, what would you say to, um, or maybe could you share some of your reflections on, um, on what you've been learning uh, in, this, in this whole venture? Perhaps some people who are about to embark on something similar or perhaps they haven't thought about it, but maybe this might inspire something of this kind of project. Yeah, what are some of your sure. reflections? I think top of the list is um, character and what it's raised to the surface in me. Um, kind of moving even from second chair leadership to first chair, if you want to put it like that. Um, just aware of the the temptations that exist in doing this for me, reflecting a lot on that. Um, and would want other people considering planting to be aware of that. But equally, if you're part of a team or you know people who are doing it, it's, it's worth remembering that there are all sorts of things that come to the surface when you start something new and you try something new for Jesus. Um, I guess to be really specific, one of the things that's going on a lot in me at the moment in that regard is really asking the question in a pointed way who am I trying to please here is it Jesus or is it other people and coming into a new context obviously wanting to make good connections you know unity and uh, all that stuff here but not wanting to do that in a way that compromises anything you know I can do things too often or I'm tempted to anyway in a with the wrong motivation to say, oh, I'm just trying to get on the right side of that person because I know we're going to work together lots. When actually I know that the first question needs to be, what does Jesus want and what's heaven here? Yeah. And yeah, if that ruffles some feathers or if there's some conversations we need to have with others around that, then we're willing to because pleasing Jesus has always got to be higher than keeping anyone else happy. Obviously a dream scenario when you can do both. But when push comes to shove, um, Jesus is Lord. So, yeah, noticing a lot about my own character, um, motivations and that stuff in the process of this getting going. Mm. Awesome. 
I'm making notes here myself because uh, that's that's just so good to be thinking through um, what does this raise and you know, I've talked to people as well about kind of issues of pride that can that can come across when mm. uh, that oh that can come to the surface when when planting and revitalizing and especially when numbers are involved like mm-hmm. if you're supposed to hit certain targets um you know that's kind of set by people outside of of, of yourself and uh, you don't achieve that um you know that that can be that can you know these kind of it, it, things can be raised uh, come to the surface yeah, what else man what else have you got any any other lessons yeah, for us any reflections um, i think one thing is to be aware of um, maybe the models that you've seen in church or in church planting um, and just keep a really close eye on what you've experienced because that will come out in some way or other where you often replicate what we've seen because that's just what's most normal to us and I think what happened particularly because of Covid but I think it would happen to anyone's plans is that we went with a model in mind. Here's what we think it's going to look like. Here's what Resource Church to Parish Church planting looks like, having seen it a few times across the country or spoken to people who've been involved. And then particularly because of COVID, but equally because of the particularities of every place and project and church, um, that model just started to need to change. And I think what I reflected was that I was quite rigid in my thinking for quite a long time. Well, it's this is what we set out to do. So this is what it's going to be. All the while it was kind of changing. Mm. Um, and I think my, if I'd have gone a bit quicker with it, um, okay, here's what it's now going to become. What does that require of me differently as leader? Um, then I think that transition phase would have been a bit smoother. So mm. again, to be like more specific, um, we, we just found team, to be really honest, it came together in a a different kind of way than we expected um we're really thankful for how it did in the end but in the moment it was a you know we would have thought we were going to be doing this with a few more people um and the idea of coming with say 20 people is very different than if you go and it's just you and your family or you and one other family and it requires something different from you as the leader So I think I'd say to anyone, um, be aware of what you've experienced because you'll bring it with you. Um, But also just keep a close eye on what actually seems to be unfolding in front of you, because the quicker you can prepare for what it's actually going to be, the quicker you can get your head into gear of that's what that kind of planting is going to look like. Um, I think the better you will be able to hit the ground running, Um, you know, we're seeing loads of different kinds of plant happen from, you know, resource churches with huge staff teams from day one to, you know, solo or small group people um, moving onto estates and prayer walking and knocking doors for, for month after month. And all of them are great as long as they're, you know, what Jesus is calling people to do. Um but the quicker you can get your head into gear of what am I going to do, the quicker you can get that agreed with your bishop or your diocesan structures, your denomination, I think the better off you'll be um, because then you can get ready for the thing you're actually going to do, not the thing that someone else did down the road, but actually yours is going to be slightly different. Mm. Um, So yeah, just be aware of 
the different models and dynamics and what that might require of you that's a bit different um, so that you can make the most of every day an opportunity to get this healthy, brilliant church that you've got in your head um, actually out there in the world for God's glory. Nice one, man. Great stuff. And as you're speaking, I've got that um, that phrase that you said earlier, just going around my head, that colony of heaven on earth. And and your vision for St. Petersbury is that it would be mm. a, a faithful colony of heaven uh, on earth. And I mean, again, just picking up on what you're saying there about kind of you and thinking think, thinking about your your role and your part to play in all of this. I guess on a practical note, like how, how do you keep your both your head in heaven or your your eyes on heaven so that you're actually seeing what's going on there sort of thing so that you can be uh, you know working that out in St. Petersbury but also how do you keep your eyes open to to the earth or more specifically the community around us so that you know like what how do I bring heaven to this particular community? Yeah I think really practically that's a big prayer at the moment is, you know, God make me attentive to to both realities, um, so that the heavenly can come more fully in amongst and over the earthly. Um, practically, I think I'm really enjoying and have been enjoying for the last little while just reading and pondering some of those prophetic parts of scripture that do talk about what's to come. Mm. Um, the places that talk about you know, where God's glory dwells, um, about heaven, obviously revelation and that stuff, but even Ezekiel bits of that, just places that talk of the bigness and the otherness and the, the reality of heaven and what's going on there. Um, just reading and pondering and dwelling there to know what's it like to be there. That's the big question, isn't it? It's not that heaven's following this church growth model that we can just download and implement it's what's it like to be there what's it like to see Jesus face to face because then you approach your next meeting your next conversation your next bit of preparation um just with infused with heaven um and I think that's that's what it is to be a citizen of heaven isn't it it's not that you get a a plan a blueprint that you just have to follow it's that you become a person that's so saturated that it just spills out of you naturally um in terms of keeping up with with the earth if you like i think even really simple things like reading the local paper like engaging in that kind of stuff what's on the mind um of the people here obviously meeting a lot of people for the first time at the moment you know met a counselor this morning and school head teachers and people who came to the licensing service so just trying to ask them what's on your plate at the moment what's your priority what are you seeing um across your desk that is is keeping you up because if they're Jesus followers then I hope we can work together on it and, and even if they're not they're the people that have got eyes and ears out into the the community that we're trying to see salt and light be um, received into. So I want to know, you know, what are you seeing from your perspective that I might be able to come out from a different angle, but hopefully work towards a similar kind of end. So yeah, try to keep attentive to both. Um, mm -hmm. And then obviously the massive job in the middle of trying to pull the two together. Um, but that's where, yeah, the bit by bit, the prayer after prayer, um the what's in front of me right now is the 
the only way I can get going anyway. Mm. Yeah, mate, we've both um, we've both enjoyed reading Peter Lightheart over the years, haven't we? Mm. And uh, he's got he's got a lot of helpful stuff to say. And he talks about uh, how in the Bible there are different church leaders who do get these visions of heaven that they then bring down to earth and start building church. So, so Moses, an obvious example on the on the mountain gets a vision of like the heaven, 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 the realities, and then builds the tabernacle. Um, but then John in revelation. So yeah, I mean, look, I'm not sure we're going to get those same experiences as them. Like, but um, we do want to be like that where we do get those kind of those visions of, of what it's like in heaven. Um, you know, just uh, all that, that worship of, of the father and the Jesus uh, and, and of Jesus mm. and to see some of that, and brought down brought down to here um so i I like that whole thing um but yeah i mean look that's that's a big task um and we were talking earlier there's like a million and one things that that you could do as a as a uh, as a vicar how do you kind of wade through that and how do you kind of stay focused on on the priorities if you can even what are those for you yeah uh, that's a really good question and the main task at the moment is working out where to start really um we were speaking earlier but one of the realities for me is having gone from a church where there's a team and there's staff and there's people that are there monday to friday as well as sunday as well as you know all the people that give so generously and voluntarily of their time um on top of full-time jobs and families and all that stuff going from that to me being the only inverted commas paid member of staff um, and that just really changing what's possible in a week you know things tasks that would have felt quite small um, at St Philip's because you can divvy them out across a few people when you realize that the bulk of that is going to be on your plate alone it changes the look of most things um, I think the the thing I'm trying to do at the moment is to sort of uh, almost sort of Joshua and Caleb style, sort of scout the land. Um, I've got the time and, you know, the inclination, I guess, as church leader to to see what's around, what are the needs, what are the opportunities, who's knocking on our door saying, could you help us with this? And just sort of scout what's here, what's around, what's missing that I think should be here. And then in time, as that becomes a bit clearer, and obviously all done in the context of prayer, it'll be a okay so so who and how do we set a response to those things um my view of church is very much uh, a we community it's not an i and and you it's not a separate thing it's a, it's an us kind of a community so yeah i might be the one that got the phone call but i don't have to be the one that responds to it i might be the one that saw the problem or that someone got in touch with but that doesn't mean i'm best placed to do anything about it so hopefully and particularly as the spirit works amongst a group of people hopefully there's shared um priorities and agendas that come from from the spirit rather than from us and then we together say what can we do now sure that's still going to run out on a small team there are going to be more things um than we're able to do you know beyond me that will will hit capacity across the team pretty quickly I'm sure if we were just to say yes to everything um I guess the layer out from that is I've been so encouraged by the welcome of other churches um 
of other denominations who've you know opened their doors leaders who've taken me for coffee and one gift I think the Anglican Church can offer to other places is we are often the the church that people call we are the the safe church with the big steeple at the end of the road um and I think we can obviously you know make the most of those opportunities as God directs but there are other brilliant churches around who maybe don't get those calls because they're not the church with the big steeple at the end of the road or they're slightly more unknown and maybe there's a kind of passing on kind of role a partnership working together um with other churches leaders denominations um so that we present the body of christ not just our little part of it in our stream so all of that gets us a bit further down the, the line of saying yes to a few more things. Obviously, there's going to come a time where it's just going to be too much um, and we can only do what we can do. I think if I were to condense what I think I'm here to do, if you like, it's to be very attentive to God, um, to study, to pray, to discern um, where he's leading. It's to teach um and grow grow people who can then go and do lots of great stuff um and it's to inspire i think some of that of course comes with your own example and going first and actually doing it yourself not just talking about what other people should be doing but coming with the the stories yourself if you like but if i do that we're going to get a lot further than if i try and do every bit of admin and everything that we get asked to do. Um, if I can be very attentive to God, teach um, them to grow into Christ likeness and inspire them and cover them and do everything I possibly can to, to send them further. Um, one of the things, just in closing, one of the things, the images that's been um, going around my head is uh, the church being like a springboard kind of community. Um, got this phrase about sort of multiplying faith that being what we're here to do and for the visual thinkers I've been thinking of it a bit like a springboard um to say this little thing helps you go further than you could on your own mm -hmm. if you put your weight into this um in such a way it will send you out even further than you are in your own strength able to to go and I think I see my role a little bit like that is saying how can we create a community that springboards people um, to influence in their community or to make a difference in their workplace or whatever? If I don't get to do as much myself, but I create a springboard that lots of other people can bounce off, I think that will be my, my personal job um, done as well as I possibly can. Mm awesome Sai. thanks so much it's it's been so helpful and great to hear your your story and your journey and i realize like i've caught you early days in your time mm. at saint peter's berry uh, you're only licensed just over a week ago i think it was yeah um so perhaps we'll have to do a, a follow-up uh <laughs> in the future see how things are going and see how some all, of these ideas, uh, yeah. well this is it and you know see see how it all uh all pans out and and what lessons uh, the lord continues to teach you and, and yeah. hopefully to see the fruit that jesus is bearing in your yeah. church i really love that 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 idea of of the church as a colony of heaven on earth and our role as leaders is kind of trying to envision people uh with mm. that, that that vision of heaven 
that vision of Jesus seated at the right hand of the Father. Mm. And in a way, like you say, that's going to influence and impact the wider community uh, in all sorts of exciting ways. So thanks so much for sharing that, Sai. Really, really appreciate that. Um, thanks for listening, uh, anyone who's been listening. And uh, do look out for a future Didache conversation. See ya. <laughs>